G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. As we do on a Thursday, we'd like to check in with Family Voice Australia. Charles Newington is the National Director of Family Voice Australia. He's joining us. Hello, Charles. Welcome back to 2020. Hello, Neil. Nice to talk to you this morning. Hello, everybody. Charles, uh, lots of things on the agenda. Let's start with uh, a bit of a backflip that came from the Prime Minister about the retirement age or the age at which you would be able to access the age pension. Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, on the Prime Minister's backflip? Some people are critical of that, saying, uh, well, it's all very well to do something nice for people so they can retire earlier, but uh, doesn't always stack up economically. What are your thoughts? Yes, he's um, rescinded or withdrawn from um, the previous Prime Minister's plan to lift the age to 70, and he's, and he's sort of stabilised it at 67. And I th- it is in response to the fact that uh, many Liberal, con- Liberal supporters are people of mature age, and, and so the insecurities around, um, around uh, this age issue for pensions and also for superannuations has really played into the political landscape and what he's done there is sort of settled the base down with that so it'll be sort of popular with the electorates uh, what are your thoughts when it comes to uh, you know people who have been critical saying well the reason why the plan to age uh, to raise the age to 70 was uh, so that the nation could afford uh, pensions with uh, baby boomers in that retirement sphere uh, any thoughts on on the economics no doubt a, a very real issue uh, as we as we have this sort of bubble of uh, baby boomers coming to retirement age it will be a factor there's no doubt about it and I can understand why historically you know over the last few years there's been this increase hasn't there from 65 to 65.5 as it is now and moving up to seven, uh, 67. I think that that's a response to it, but I think that uh, this is a wise reaction. It's, n- it's not an overreaction. You know, it's uh, the, kind of rea- uh, the kind of decision you have to make economically uh, and incrementally. Uh, just watch it and see how it goes, because uh, at, at the same time, the other major issue is what's happening with superannuation and uh, how much confidence there is in it. And uh, you can see that the kind of conversations that have been going on about superannuation have made people less confident in it and uh, less inclined to, to provide for their own, their own seniority because superannuation seems such a mug's game, you know. Um, and uh, so as people become more secure that their superannuation is being well managed, uh, there'll be more and more people that will attend to their own needs and, and less and less that will require uh, pension support. And you know, Charles, uh, what captured my attention was uh, one outspoken Aussie, and I can't even remember where I saw it now, but uh, the idea that not everybody sits behind a desk until they're 70. Uh, Some people are actually out uh, in fairly physical, uh, very Very uh, demanding uh, occupations, and uh, and to push on to 70, uh, for those people, uh, not always such an easy thing. So uh, so it'll certainly be uh, something that, you know, will... 
demand uh, quite a lot of insight, but I know there will be a lot of people relieved by that whole uh, movement mm. of the pension age uh, to 67 rather than 70. Some, uh, some other uh, issues on the agenda, Charles. Uh, let's talk about uh, the very, very big looming battle that's going on in the state of Queensland. Of course, there was a march on the weekend, the March for Life, uh, really, really well supported. Uh, I know that uh, everyone who talks about it is just overwhelmed by the numbers of people who got out on the streets. What are your reflections? Yes, I was there, and I think that the there are a number of things that uh, I found. One was the, the tone of the march. You know, generally, uh, this, uh, this affair has been a bit... Uh, uh, intimidatory. You know, there's usually people on the sidelines that are being quite, uh, quite aggressive. Um, there was none of that this time, and the, the march itself was much more. Um, the atmosphere was much more positive. There was positive chanting, for instance. You know, sort of group chanting, "What do we want?" type things, but not in a kind of an aggressive, militant tone, but in a kind of a tone that we, you know, what we want is we want to, to love them both. We want to love both the mother and the child. We want regard for the child's safety and well-being as well as for the mother, which is what this uh, bill purportedly is about. It's purportedly about women's rights. And um, what we're saying is, well, you know, there's more than just a woman involved in this. So um, that was really good. The, 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 the quality of addresses was excellent uh, as well, really excellent. And it's wonderful to see that what this is doing, I think, is that it's helping people who have been kind of what we might call religiously or ideologically inclined to... Uh, a pro-life position, when they hear the, uh, the, the arguments and the cases that are being put for a pro-life position, it reassures them that they're not just uh, scatty fringe dwellers. So um, uh, I must say that there was uh, that uh, I, I, I attended not only that, but also there was a, an expert panel on Tuesday. Um, and in this panel, there were some excellent addresses. And one of the things that came out was that abortion is, in some ways, it's a form of male aggression. You know, that very often the coercion that occurs is a coercion either by the partner or by other, other males. And unfortunately, there is a gender issue here that um, when, when, when men get involved in this process, um, it, it becomes a gender issue. And, and so um, we have, you know, I was a bit, shocked by that in the sense that personally sort of taken aback that um, that I could be unconsciously um, taking an attitude as a man that isn't that isn't uh, respectful of the complexities of what it is to be um, a, a woman in this situation. Like, for instance, uh, uh, sex selection. You know, there's, there's, there are some cultures that, uh, that prefer a boy to a girl, and they see this uh, uh, abortion legislation as an opportunity for them to choose to have a boy rather than a girl and to abort a girl. Which, um, uh, and often that is actually coming from the, the, the kind of patriarchal male cultural values. And um, we have to be conscious of that and, and help to, 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 uh, to, to, to address that uh, in other ways. And then the other point was that uh, sometimes young women, um, they're involved in a kind of a social group uh, of peers where falling pregnant uh, means that they, they, they're going to lose everything in terms of the things that are important to them at the time in their social setting. And when, you, when you're young and you're beautiful and you kind of think that that's what the life is about, that is a very real consideration. It doesn't seem a consideration when you're 60 and a bit crabby and wrinkly, but, you know, when you're 19 or 20, all of a sudden it seems like the end of the world for you. And um, the lack of support at times like that or the, uh, or the coercion of young males who, who are saying, look, if you go ahead and have this baby, you just lose it, kid. You're out of our scene. 
um, um, I, I think that we need to recognise that, uh, that uh, um, it's very rare that a person would come to the act of abortion flippantly. They usually come with very strong emotional uh, pressures, uh, uh, either in their own hearts or, or, or from other people around them. And so to have a, to have a more a kind of a nuanced recognition of that is very important for the pro-life community. Well, it is a sophisticated debate, and as you have just adequately uh, just let us in on uh, some of the deeper issues, and of course uh, some of those deeper issues you might hope will cut through because it does appear that the Labor government in Queensland is determined uh, to push this whole abortion reform through. Uh, but uh, and you know, as I understand it, uh, there is uh, you know it's it's borderline as to as to uh, you know who in Queensland. Uh, wants abortion and who doesn't because the growing doesn't uh, numbers are quite significant and uh, we're hopeful of course that uh, we're hopeful that the Premier and uh, the Labor government will uh, will see that the people in Queensland don't want uh, changes to abortion laws uh, let's move yeah, on if I could just yep. make a point Neil that that um it, people must not think that that um, you know their voice doesn't count um particularly a personal voice to your local politician um, you know, they listen. Uh, they have to listen, particularly in sensitive issues like this. When it comes down to a conscience vote or, or who they're representing, they, they do value um, the, the, you know, the sensible interaction of their constituents. So I want to encourage you that um, it, it, from a political point of view, just working with politicians in, in recent weeks and months, I've been, I've been very struck by the fact that they are in, often in extremely difficult um, crisis of decision. And uh, and they've got lots of pressures on them uh, about how they're going to vote, and it's surprising how um, uh, what will sometimes uh, swing it. Um, I think uh, if if I might just sort of switch the debate to uh, the, the the interview to the euthanasia issue, most probably people were aware of the fact that that the 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 bill that was put up a few weeks ago um, uh, about uh, restoring the right to um, territories rights to make decisions like this uh, in the senate that that uh, that bill uh, it 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 was it was going to go through uh, that would allow the northern territory to uh, to choose um, to restore um, euthanasia if they chose um, but uh, some um, doctors from the St. Vincent's Hospital, Dr. Stephen Parnas, went up and he spoke to the, uh, the politicians and literally in the last couple of hours, a, 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 a number of key people just shifted their vote from for it to against it and 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 the bill was uh, the bill was lost so um it, it, you know we mustn't leave the political process to others we we must remain engaged well it's always comforting to know that politicians are people too and when it comes to the social agenda oftentimes uh, they have a conscience vote on these things and uh, sometimes common sense uh, does prevail and uh, as you say uh, this is not a time to uh, to uh, be uh, in a battle with your local politician go and make friends no. with them share them go share with them uh, share yeah. with them uh, your yeah. thoughts Before. and uh, and 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 if you've got some substance to offer uh, those things can be very valuable uh, let's pick up on another issue come back to our new prime minister scott morrison because yeah. uh, people are now beginning to dredge up some things from the past 
to be used as weapons against him and uh, some of those because he is a Christian Prime Minister. Uh, You've been monitoring a few things along here, Charles. Uh, uh, What are your thoughts on uh, the Prime Minister and uh, former Twitter uh, and uh, social media uh, issues that he's engaged in? Yes, well, um, <laughs> you know, you say Twitter and you can't help but think by, about another president, can you? But um, the, there was a, a, a report uh, in the Australian um, uh, recently about the fact that uh, he had involved himself in the gender issue in, in, in schools and that teachers had, uh, were being trained to identify uh, children that had an inclination to be transgender and um, his response was, um, you know, he called them uh, gender whisperers. Um, and uh, in fact, the, the most important statement he said was, let kids be kids. And um, uh, he, was, he was saying that he was just not in favour of uh, this kind of intervention in schools with young children where teachers are being used as the ones that will actually be the agents of the transgender agenda. And um, and he made that statement. Let's kids be kids. And uh, and I think that that once again connected back with his base. I don't think that people are aware of the fact that there is actually a strong uh, uh, conservative, moral conservative base in the Liberal Party. And um, so you know that really resonates with that base. And uh, I, I, it just so happens I was last week uh, on Father's Day. My my son was unable to attend his his son's uh, Father's Day event at, at prep and i went there and i was struck by the normality of this group both of children and of parents and families and the excellence of teaching that was going on great child management skills there was just this happy normality about it and uh, and so i thought to myself this is this is healthy let children be children don't introduce them too early into the complexities of the world protect them from those things that's what we want as as parents and so um, I, I really resonate with his phrase, let kids be kids, and let them be kids for as long as possible, because most schools and most families uh, in schools are just normal people that love their kids and that uh, can't wait for the holidays or whatever. You know, they're just, uh, and, and, and that is, we need to remind people that that's, that that's, the, that's, the, that's the, the big centre of Australian life and, and uh, politics. Well, certainly so much to talk about when it comes to this issue. And one of the biggest uh, issues uh, shaping for uh, the remainder of this year and uh, perhaps into the years ahead when it comes to uh, gender issues, Charles Newington, I want to thank you so much for taking some time to share these thoughts with us today. Let me point people to the Family Voice Australia website, fava.org.au. That's fava.org.au. And for deeper insights and an understanding of what is shaping our political agenda, what is shaping our children in schools, uh, you can check out the Family Voice Australia website. There'll be tremendous resources there that will uh, help you think clearly through some of these issues. fava.org.au. Charles, thanks so much for taking some time to share your thoughts with us today on 2020. Thank you, Neil. It's a privilege. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.